So, well, if you need me to materially contribute, let me know. James, your presence is all I need. That's I the material mean, I need. Just seeing you. Your presence <laughs> is a present. Wow. Is, that's that's mushy, Jackie. Why would you say that? that? Because it's on like greeting cards and I stuff. I would never say such a, something like that. It what? is an alliteration, which is pleasing, <laughs> but it's kind of corny, which is not. So I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Hey. Is a bromance. You leave it alone. So Ooh, your puerile presence is at present most pernicious. Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things and your weird and messed up relationships, guys. <laughs> it's starting to feel like it's a theme that we're going to be having from now on. Uh, today, I am joined by James again. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Awesome. You know, it turns out that well-adjusted people just don't make very good anime. What are you talking or about, movies James? movies or anything else. I would watch a show about myself. I'm just saying. I watching me put around the house in my underwear. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. I know. That's an image. My wife, she's seen that, so that's great. I think you could do it like integrate silence where there's no there's no speaking. It's just you just kind of making coffee and walking around. And, but it's like all you hear is the shuffling of my feet. <laughs> it's like a new age cinema kind of thing. Exactly. Would yeah. you watch it, Jackie? Um, no. Wow. No. Harsh critic. Also, I'm joined today. <laughs> we're joined today by my wonderful wife, Jackie. Uh, I kind of threw her in there without introducing her, but she hasn't been on for a little while because... She had school and work and whatnot that she's been kind of trying to keep up with the kids. So it's mm-hmm. it's nice to have you back on again. Yes. Yeah, it's good to be here. Awesome. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, again, once again, uh, we're trying to uh, diversify our, uh, our, our input, as it were, uh, because we're, we're, we're the, the topics that we're going to be tackling today, especially with today's topic, which happens to be a favorite anime of Jackie's, um, is Ancient Magus Bride. It's all very heavy on the relationship uh, stuff, and it's always good to have an op- opposing uh, viewpoint, as more, it were. More sensitive, emotional palette. What are you talking about, James? <laughs> I'm, I'm super sensitive. I'm like... Sensitive as AF, okay, bro. In fact, I'm the most sensitive and, and humble too. Uh, why'd you look at me like that, James? You hurt my feelings. What do you think, Jackie? You think um, I'm sensitive. I, I think it's nice to have different perspectives. We'll yeah. leave it at that. Ah, uh, refreshing perspective. Uh, ever the diplomat. Yeah, yeah yes. middle, middle. That's her nickname, Jackie Middle Ground White Inventor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love her to death. Yep. So obviously, like I said today, we're going to be talking about the ancient ancient Magus Bride, which is one of our our, our favorite animes that we've done uh, that we've actually watched. Um, that actually came out a while ago. But before we really dig into the meat of the episode, since we haven't heard from you in a in a while, Jackie, can you kind of tell us what you've been up to? I know what you've been up to. What have you been? You want to tell everyone else? I would hope you know. She's been I up hope, honestly. <laughs> I didn't even know she still lived in the house, James. I'll be honest with you. I mean, oh my she's in the basement. She's upstairs. It, it happens, you know. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. how does my laundry get magically done? It's crazy. Wow. Um, anyways, go I mean, ahead. besides that, and like school is out, so it's summer. So School's thank God. Out yes. Forever. 
I wish. But um, anyway, I've been reading a lot other than, you know, basic house stuff. I'm reading uh, the book Zorro by Isabel Allende. In Espanol? I wish my mom bought it for me and on accident she bought the English copy and I didn't have the heart to tell her it was in English. No bueno, Spanish. Si, si. No, so no, no bueno. It's muy it's just kind of the copyright, on, copyright on that. Spanish might not be copyright. Well, it's... I, I had read it. I started reading it from the library. It was at the Cape Public Library and then the COVID shutdown happened and I took the book back and I regretted that I did it because they had the Spanish copy and I took it back because I had a feeling something was going down and then the COVID shut down and then they said, oh, well, we would have forgiven all fines and you could have just kept that book. And then apparently during like the quarantine, the book got lost. Someone had requested it and then it was gone. And so it was a long story, but I, I think I smell a, maybe a birthday present. Yeah. Get two copies of it, but anyway, the book's amazing. I can give you that five-year wedding anniversary gift, like super late. That paper, the paper, <laughs> good to know. Let's give me the five-year wedding anniversary of paperback book. Yeah. Hey, it's paper. It's supposed to be paper. It's <laughs> oh, that's right. The five years, like the paper hard hardcover, hardcover one with the signed. Paper. Okay, a signed hardcover book. That's that's a present for a bit. Signed by Isabel Allende. No, why would I do that? The author? No, I would find who's the guy that Didn't plays. Who plays Zora? Or something? Like, no, is this... this is like. No, I would have the book. Senor Antonio Banderas. No, it has nothing to do. Like that's just a <laughs> dumb movie. Like this is Isabel Allende is a really amazing writer, and she took like Zorro ideas, like you know the Cape Crusader guy, and built this like huge backstory up for him that she created, and it doesn't really have much to do She's with the old alive. show. Yeah. As you wish. Okay, good to <laughs> As know. As you wish. I highly recommend it. It's a really good, really like, good why read. Why are you smiling? Because I know something you do not know. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I am not left Ah, I am not. Fascinating. <laughs> anyway, so that's, so you've pretty much been reading, absorbing Zora. Have you been watching anything or anything like that? Well, I mean, you know that. Like, we have been I watching Obi-Wan and Miss um, Marvel. And, yeah. Are you liking those? I am. I, which, I, uh, which of the two have you been liking most? Well, I mean, we only watched two episodes of Miss Marvel, and I liked it so far. Um, I like Obi-Wan better, but there's more of it. And I like that I like that they kind of were able to redeem... Like, episodes one through three, I thought were horrible. And so I like that in Obi-Wan, they brought back those same actors and characters and gave them like an, a second shot at mm -hmm. making something amazing and i think they have so far so i like that Good. um we have what like 20 minutes left in the last I episode think the last episode yeah we got to see we got to see burnt up hayden christensen's like part of his face that was pretty fun yeah so, that was pretty good i enjoyed that so what can i say <laughs> they did a really good job with it. I, they I did, it. and when Obi Wan he's fighting him, and he's like Anakin because he can see cuts through the helmet a bit, and he can see his eye, and he's like Anakin, and Anakin's like, "You were my brother." He goes, "Anakin is dead." Yeah, he said, then, "But you didn't kill him. I did." And I'm just like, like, "Oh, that's 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 deep and cold." Well, and it mm -hmm. also leads to the original trilogy whenever he just like flat out tells Luke that his dad is dead. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, "Oh, this is where this came from." Yeah, it's a really good. And you can tell in his creepy the one eye, the only eye you can see. You can tell in that creepy eye that he believes in. Yeah, like yeah. that he killed. Because well, you got to think about it, this is like it's not even. 
10 years, like 10, 10, years. 10 years after the, the Order 66. So he's had some time to, you know, soak in the hate a little bit. So it, yeah. it's pretty good. So I would highly recommend you checking it out. James, check it out. What, what have you been up to? Uh, we hit up Raft again this week. We, we were involved in that a little bit. They 1.0 release came out and it has an extra layer of polish on it and voice acting. And so far we've been enjoying going through it. Did you know that they have dolphins and turtles now? We have seen some dolphins and turtles. I haven't like tried to go out and mess with them yet. <laughs> we're still in the fairly early part of the game. We don't have any fancy engines or anything yet. It's okay. But we're going to get there. I've also been uh, having fun on the family Minecraft server this week. Mm-hmm. I got an iron golem farm built up. It's probably the best one I've made. And I'm getting ready to make this moss farm thing. So anyway, I'm having fun making ridiculous <laughs> attractions on Minecraft. Otherwise, uh, no, it's been kind of more of a family time than a nerd time type of week. That's a good thing sometimes. You know, I, I have definitely had a few of those weeks the last, you know, so uh, the last few weeks I've definitely had a lot of that, which is good, which is why I was really excited when you guys were like, hey, let's get together and, and play Raph. I'm like, we haven't had D&D in a while. And I was like, yes, I get some yeah. veg time. And Jackie was wonderful enough to accommodate for that, luckily. Uh, and we, we did very well. Like I said, we we, we did had a lot of fun with that. So that that is definitely true. Have you been Have you been watching anything else? Or just... I've been really enjoying Spy X Family. Yep. And uh, the other surprise one I thought I found myself enjoying more this season than I thought I was going to was the uh, My Life is Stuck in a Tomei game. I think is what it was called. Mm. It's a guy who is born. He gets like you know reborn. He's like into like this dating simulator game. But it's one of the strange ones where it's like a female protagonist and a male harem. Oh. So it's, it's actually it's actually pretty funny. So it's like kinda of like a fruit basket kind of thing. Kind of like a fruits basket type kind of thing. <laughs> I like it. And if Kelly was down here she'd be angry about that comment. That's right. I just had to say it because I wanted I knew that's why we kept on saying last, her last time about it being a reverse harem and she's like, It's not a reverse harem. <laughs> I mean, a little. It is a little bit. It's, a little. It's more about trauma, but it's kind of rude. <laughs> it's not wrong. So, well, that's awesome. I'm glad even uh, you guys have been, you know, kind of catching up with your own perspective things. I know, like, I know you mentioned a few of the things that we've been up to, Jackie, uh, and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Miss Marvel. I've really enjoyed those. On my own, though, I actually started playing. So on Xbox Game Pass, I don't know if you saw the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game came out. Oh, is it's, it new? I thought it was like the old arcade one. No, no, one. it's brand new, oh. but it's in that same style, and it's not really not that hard to play, and it's very fun, James. Is this like an arcade beat 'em up, or is it more yeah. like a platformer? Or it's what? an arcade beat 'em up. Okay. It's got I'm that sure. side scroller. It's got you know, it kind of does that same move that the old. Uh, you remember the old one in uh, the Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, that's Pittsburgh? what I was thinking about. That's exactly what it's I might, have to, like. play, I might have to play it just to satisfy the five year old in my heart. We can play it together. Jay. I've already beat. I beat the game. I will play You've with. You've already it. beaten it. It didn't take that long. <laughs> it took like five or six hours. It's not that long at all. Okay. It's like sixteen levels with a boss uh, fight on each of the end of them, and it's it, you can actually play it more where you level up all the characters up to, like, level 10. And they get, every level, they get something new. Like, you first two levels, you, after the first two levels, you get, like, an extra life. And then you got like get, like, special, you know, bonus attacks, things like, like your that. Your sword sets people on fire. Or some crap like Whatever. that, yeah, yeah. You know, and it sounds amusing. It, and it, it's very fun. So you can actually really get into it and really level everybody up. They have little secrets you can find, things like that. Like, you, <laughs> like... Uh, they have a lot of the old TV show characters. Like, you have to find Vern. I don't know if you remember Vern. He was, like, one of the camera guys or one of the reporter guys. I say he's, like, the reporter, and there was, like, 
who was the pizza delivery guy? Because he was a character. You're talking about there's Casey. That's from the movie. I think you're talking about. But Casey Jones is the guy that's like does like uh, he's all into like sports equipment and he beats people up with it. He's actually a playable character in it. Really. Um, And so that's after you beat the game. April and Splinter are playable characters in this, and they're pretty fun actually. Um, but there, you, you have to find some like special secret, like pickups and things like that, uh, get extra little points that really don't mean anything in the long run, I'll be honest with you, but it, it's fun. So there, there's a lot of, there's a, enough to it that it fills it out. But the real thing that, that just makes me love this game is the art style. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just pitch perfect, like the, the old video game, but it's got a nice little polish on it nice. and it's got enough game mechanic fun with it. It's not hard at all, James. Like I said, I beat the game in like five or six hours, so it's well, not great. that bad. We'll it's, it's a fun little romp. So, but yeah, that I've been doing that, and then I've been uh, catching up a little bit, like you said, uh, with some anime. Um, I have also been watching uh, Spy X Family. I I watched a couple episodes of that, and then I started watching the um, uh, Skeletonite show. Oh, I forgot that one was actually really good. I have gotten to the point where they are now. Uh, kind of, he's getting teamed up with the Elf Kingdom, and he's going to go help him, like, save some of the sleigh. Uh, yeah. that that's where I'm at right now. I don't know if that's the last episode they came out with or not, but I, I'm enjoying it, so I want to I want to see what happens. It, it looks like it's going to be fun, and it doesn't look like a stereotypical kind of, like, I got dropped into, I died and got dropped into this new world. It's fun. I, I think it's going to end up being, like, one of those slightly above average anime. It's like, it's, it's yeah. fun, I'm enjoying it. I don't think it's going to be, like, a let's come back and watch it for a second or third time, like Magus Pride. No, no, definitely yeah. not. It definitely not, does not have that level of polish, but it's going to be nice to, like, it's actually grabbed my attention enough. I'm like, oh, I'll watch this. It's it, not like a lot of other things. It's rare these days to have an Iseki that's still fun, like, on the sixth episode. Oh, absolutely. You, so it's, it's good. Usually, like you said, you, you hit that third or fourth episode, and it just kind of, like, meh, it kind of drops off. It's, it's like, like the done. one a year or two ago, or a couple seasons ago, like, they had, like, the wrestler Iseki, and, like, the first episode was hilarious, and the second one was fine, and the third episode was like, why am I watching this show? Yeah, it's a complete and utter waste of my time is what it feels like. So. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, so that is Basically, what we've been up to. Do you guys have anything else to add before we get in nope, let's get to the it. big, fat, meaty drumstick of this episode? I like. I, I'll be honest with you. The food description, or the the, the way that they they detail the amount of detail that they've had on the food that we see in this show is amazing. So I I was I was watching a few episodes. Do you remember this? Really, I find the thighs to be the best part. That's right, you do. You like my thighs? <laughs> nice, nice, juicy. Thighs. That's right. <laughs> Too derailed. He just likes thighs, Jack. You don't let him. I mean, yeah, I, don't I was hate. talking about chickens, Jack. I don't know what you're talking. That's about. right. Get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah, Julia Child said the chicken thigh was the best part of the bird. Right, you must. Alton Brown agreed in such august company. Who am I to question? It? Just remember to baste it in butter, James. <laughs> Save the liver. The liver. Mm, the foie gras is the most delicate part of the chicken. <laughs> I don't. Foie gras. Is I'm not just stringing words together, okay? I'm just the talent, Jackie. I'm not the intellect. That's okay. James's job, okay? Read the plot now. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be digging into the the what's that, Jackie? Stop that foolishness. Um, yes. That's what you're going to tell me. Uh, we're going to be digging into a wonderful anime, guys. It's the Ancient Magus Bride. All right, so a little bit about this before we get deep into it. Uh, the Ancient Magus Bride uh, is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by uh, Kor, uh, Kore Yamazaki. I looked it up beforehand. Kore so. Yamazaki. Uh, and it was serialized in Mag Garden's monthly Comic Garden magazine and is licensed in New York, uh, North America by Seven Seas Entertainment. Um, 
it was uh, put into anime, an anime series uh, that aired from to the October of 2017 until March of 2018. Uh, and they actually did an OVA uh, that was released last year uh, in September. Um, they... I always wondered. Are, are, I was wondering if they're going to be doing a second season of it because they didn't do. They haven't caught up with the manga yet, have they, James? I think they're going to. I heard some rumors. I'm still waiting for the OVA to be dubbed in English on Crunchyroll. It's in every other language, which makes me think it got licensed by somebody. But probably. I think they're going to do some more. It'd be I really think fun. I saw. I'm pretty sure there's a trailer. A I thought I saw a trailer for the next. There's a trailer already. for season two. Yeah. It's okay. I thought it was supposed to come out this spring, but I guess not. Maybe it's going to be a summer or fall. It might have gotten delayed. I'm I'm good because I, I was expecting it to be part of the spring anime, but it's just not. So mm-hmm. it happens. Well, the I watched the OVA, um, and I would say for anybody who's like looking into this, watch the anime season one first. Okay, so I guess I'll go over the plot. Yeah. Yay. Um, So, (laughs) having been ostracized by both her relatives and partially by society, orphan Japanese high school student Chisei Hattori decides to sell herself at an auction in order for somebody else to take her in and have a new place to call home. Um, I would add in there that it's probably from a place of utter depression and desolation and desperation, but that's something to get into. More yeah. later. Anyway, on with the plot. Uh, <laughs> at, the, at the auction in London, she is sold for five million pounds to Elias Ainsworth, a seven-foot-tall humanoid with an animal skull for a head. The Magus, who seems closer to a demon than human, either brings her the light she desperately seeks or drowns her in even deeper shadows in her new country, Great Britain. Uh, the series deals with a romantic slice-of-life storyline in a surreal and supernatural light. Obviously, you know, this... There is a lot of stuff to go over in this anime, but let's start out with uh, the proverbial meat cute. Where did you guys first run into Ancient Megas Bride? Let's start with you, James. I, mean, I saw it when it came out on Funimation originally, because I, as everyone who watches this knows, I tend to follow the stuff as it comes out. And... What? No. <laughs> You're not an anime junkie, James. I am a weeb, yes. <laughs> But you're very handsome, Weeb. It's well, okay. Thank you. That's right. I have the finest of neck beards. That's <laughs> right, you do. You are quite dapper, sir. Jackie, where did the fedora? Are you, guys, are you done flirting? No, no, never. That's what I figured. It will never be done. Fair enough. Um, so, so, Jackie, where did you where did you run into this? Well, one? James and Kelly told us about this, yeah. and then you found it, and we started watching it. I feel like, I mean, it's been a it's been a while. I'm trying to remember it's funny when you become a parent i'm like was this before or after lewis was born that i before. watched this i think yeah and i think before. Are you, you watched sure? this like in 2018 yeah. or 2019 something it was like before that. so it was yeah um, yeah we watched it before i think i'm fairly certain we saw this um either just before we went on our trip to peru Oh, and, I know we were watching Made in Abyss around that time because I talked about yeah. it in Peru to people on the bus. Yeah, it was either just before <laughs> just before that trip or just like right after we got back. But I, it was before. I know for a fact it was before we had Lewis. Mm-hmm. So I remember watching it then, and I remember really enjoying it. So because oh, yeah. you because James told I think Kelly told you about it, mm-hmm. and then like you said, it kind of what you wiggled your uh, you you had a little put a little worm in my ear and you let it you know creep in you're like hey let's let's watch this and i'm like okay whatever this I is gonna be another 
you know, goofy kind of dumb anime, and you're like, like, oh, this is actually well, really at the nice. Time, I think you guys were looking for stuff you could just kind of watch together in the evenings to de-stress. And this mm-hmm. this anime I don't know which has, time, James. We don't we don't do that on a daily basis. This anime has absolutely gorgeous artwork and amazing sound direction. Exactly, and it's got a great story, and I think this is it's got something for everybody. Which which kind of bouncing off that a little bit. That's kind of an unusual thing because the studio that made this and the uh, the team that adapted this, this is their first anime adaptation of a manga series, and this really? is this is their also first. and this is, is this is also the lady that wrote it. That. This is her first manga that she's written, from what I gathered. This you know like actual serialized manga. She's done she done, had done some other like little like you know, self-published, like, webcomics, stuff like that. But this is, like, their her first major one that they picked up. And the level that it, the, just between the art direction and the voice, the, the the voice acting, it is just gorgeous and wonderful. I'm surprised that a new studio could pull it off, because it's clear that an awful lot of time and money and love went into making that. Absolutely. And I see a lot of the very top-name anime studios don't rely on that level of no, 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 no. Well, I mean, I hate to say it. I throw it out every once in a while. Uh, you, you get things like, you know, Tohei. Yeah, you think they're going to, like, be the, you know, the bee's knees and have everything, like, throw that. <laughs> but every once in a while, a lot of times, it's it's a lot of stinkers, but every once in a while, they get, a, you know, a golden, the goose lays a golden egg. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's just... It's it's just sheer numbers at that point, mm-hmm. but the fact like you said that the first egg that these guys lay is just just solid fourteen karat gold in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's kind that. of like in my opinion what I would call it's like kind of an Axiom Verge of of <laughs> anime. I love Axiom Verge. That's an, yeah. um, it's it just sheer amount of love went into this game and, mm-hmm. and 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 it's it's so well done that I, I am very traumatized the bit to see the second season. Though. It's one of those shows where the quality of just the animation and the music is so good that you can be five minutes into the first episode yep. and you're like, well, this has to be good because someone put so much time and effort into this. It's clearly not cheap. Well, the, the cynic in me also, I remember we were watching it, Jackie. Uh, I remember started watching it and I'm like thinking, I'm like, the next episode is not going to be this pretty. I'm like, this is a, this is a gorgeous anime. They're not going to keep this level. It's going to slip. Or something, and they're just like putting all this money in the first episode to hook people, and it was consistent, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of shows will do that, where the first episode will have a ton of action, and then everything after that is all still shots of people talking. Like, what? Yeah. But that's the, the thing about the first episode, right, Jackie? Is like the the first episode doesn't really have a lot of action in it. It doesn't really have anything in it. I mean, other than you just getting to know the people. I mean, oh. there's not a ton of like action in the series. In no, I mean, things happen. But it's not about fighting, it's more about emotional conflict. Yeah, the yeah. relationships and, you know, connections between people or... No, 100%. creatures or whatever yeah. Elias is. So let's let's talk about that a little he's, bit. He's havesies. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely a havesies uh, kind of thing. He's a Wendigo. Oh, wow. No, he's definitely not a Wendigo. He does not, like, feast That's on a- the... Well, that's like a theory. He kind of looks like have. one. He kind of looks like he a looks like one, but that's he is a, not like a he's not a man that ate human flesh and turned into a monster that constantly has to go after and eat people because he's constantly hungry. That's a Wendigo. I know. But that's fun, fun fact for you: Wendigo syndrome is something you can find in the DSMV. <laughs> yes, you it's can. An actual disorder. <laughs> I, I like that's the one thing. That's why I like that my abnormal psychology class because I learn about all those really weird ones and I'm like, this is cool. Like hearing about, like learning about the syndrome where people they literally like just 
they have to eat like certain things, mm-hmm. like the people that put hair, and they have to eat like yeah. strands of pica. Yeah, yeah. So well, severe forms of pica. Yeah, severe, but it's it's just an, it's an it's yeah. I thought it was crazy and amazing to to listen about, but anyways, kind of getting off track there. But yeah, it's that's talking about weird and strange things. So let's flesh out this world a little bit before we get going. So what what makes this anime more unique than other ones, James? What what I know we've talked about, you know, the the the, the animation style and the voice acting. What about the story in particular that made it makes it stand out for you? Like what makes it hook right away? So, I mean, it's fundamentally a story about Chisei. She's the main character, and it's mm-hmm. about the way she perceives herself and her self worth and her relationship to the characters around her. And like Jackie was saying in the first episode. You have an otherwise ordinary girl who has been so beaten down that she decides that the best thing she can do is sell herself into slavery. So at least somebody might get some use out of her because she's so pathetic that otherwise she would just be wasting her life. And it's like, wow, that's kind of a strong place to start from. And then you you have this Ayn's character. He's the Magus. He shows up. He buys her. And then in a big dramatic moment, he teleports her back to his house. Yep. And then he's like, hey you're going to be my bride and I'm going to teach you magic. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So they don't use that terminology in the English dub version, but it's definitely like in the, in the, in the Japanese version, it's definitely, they definitely say like, you're going to be my bride. And I'm so like, he comes out, he comes out and says it in the English version. He oh, does. I yeah. can't remember. Not at the very beginning, but he does. Okay. Like it's when not he rests you her. It's like the second episode. Yeah, oh, okay. When he, like saves her from wandering off into the woods because the fairies lure her away. Oh, that's right, they did. Come yeah. to fairyland. But then you kind of get into this weird situation where it becomes very apparent very quickly that Eins isn't like really in the best place either. Like he doesn't no. really know what to do with her. Mm-hmm. Like he he acquires her like in the most literal sense of the word, and then he like feeds her and waters her, and she sits in his house, and it's pretty apparent that he doesn't know the first thing about. So, anything with anybody. So let's talk about that a little bit. And I'll start with you, Jackie. What do you think? So Ainz is obviously they, they even says Ainz or off. Elias. Elias. Oh, sorry, sorry, I keep thinking. Sorry, I, I, I keep thinking Ainz will go, which is yeah, a totally I, different anime. That's why I was like, right, like I'm, maybe I'm thinking about no, Elias. Elias. It's so Elias. obviously okay. we we know they that both have skulls for heads though. That, that they do. <laughs> uh, so Elias. Obviously, they say in like the first few minutes, you know, that he's like hundreds of years old. Do you think it's a disconnect uh, because he's been alive for so long, the way he treats her? Um, I think he he's very mysterious. And I think that the big thing is that he is like James said, he's halfsies, but he doesn't even really know what he is. Mm -hmm. And he is... I think he's like a mixture of human and fae and demon and who knows like and so I think like I I watched a review of the anime to like jog my memory because it's been a while since we've seen this it was from Glass Reflections um so shout out to him I would say he articulated a lot of the things I thought about the series and it was helpful but like so I don't want to like not all of these are my words but I will say he said something about Elias is immediately off-putting. Like the minute he meets him, he's like, I don't like this character. And I agree with that because it would have been easy to make him like a Prince Charming kind of type, but he's not. And I think you see him really shine in moments when he gets to use magic. Like he's 
like a BA, like amazing. Yeah. But it's with the re like interactions that he does not, he can't human. Like he doesn't know how to be when he's trying to be human. I think it's cause he's not human. Like he's maybe, maybe was at one point, Mm -hmm. like he even admits in one of the episodes, he's talking to like his mentor when his mentor found him and he says, like, I think I I've eaten humans before. And the guy, that's the dragon keeper guy. And he's yeah. like, oh, ha, 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 tries to play it off. But it's like, oh, this is very disturbing. But Elias isn't even sure. So I think that I think the thing is just that Elias is not like he's other. He's something else. And that's why he, he wants to be human. Like when he wants he tells her he wants her to be his bride. But I don't think he even understands what that really means. It's just like, oh, humans and man and woman and happy and yes that's what i want but i don't think so he even understands especially later on is. in the series like when you get down to like the like the last five or six episodes it becomes really apparent that he kind of got her just to he thought that maybe having a person in the house with him would teach him something he was hoping that i can observe her being a human and maybe i'll learn how to do it myself Bingo. Yeah. like the the connection between them came later but at first he was just kind of play acting to see what would happen it's almost it's it's very it's 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 got a very Beauty and the Beast kind of vibe to it a little bit a, a little bit a little bit because it's it's almost because obviously he's there she he he brings her in to learn like you said learn something from her and it's very much so that he just doesn't know how to human like you said right if, if Beauty was a slave and the Beast was a high functioning sociopath then. But yes, maybe in the piece. It's like I said, it's got a very loose kind of undertone of that, somewhat. Um, I, I just, it's not, it's not that bad. But it, it, hmm, it, it get close. Some, it's close sometimes. I was going to touch on that too, actually, because. Um, well, let's let's. Can I ask you something first before we get into that? Sure. Because we're yes. gonna we're gonna have a whole ton of questions here. So oh. let me let me ask you this. So obviously, we're kind of digging into the themes a little bit more of this section. So. Uh, let me ask you this. So what makes you feel, um, I'll start with you, James, since I bounced this off Jackie last time. Let's, what in this story helps make it feel grounded that lets you, uh, grounded enough so that it lets you almost believe that it could almost be real. Can I ask that? Yeah. And there's a couple of things. Uh, I think one thing is, they did a really tremendous job filling in all the details in the background. So like the house they live in, mm-hmm. it has all the things you would expect to be in a house. And that's kind of a weak thing to say, but it's, there's food, there's cleaning supplies, there's little bitty details in all the rooms, like the countryside that they're in. It's obvious they picked a corner of England because all the plants and animals and creatures you would expect to find there are there. Like, they, they were very careful to ground it in the real world. Mm-hmm. And like most good fantasy, part of what makes it fantastical is the contrast between the fantastic elements and the normal stuff. And having those normal, everyday scenes sprinkled through everything, having this really well-grounded world, even like their visits to London, where you see the more modern London, it grounds the world. Mm-hmm. And so then you get this tremendous contrast between the fey and the mystical elements and then the more grounded world we're all familiar with and that's what makes it feel real in a way that 
more fantastical anime or movie or whatever just doesn't i got i got i died and was reincarnated as a slime james exactly it's like it's it's not grounded in the real world it's not grounded in reality at all a completely different place that has you know the vaguest recollections of the human world it's got earth it's got people and stuff but it looks nothing like our world and i think the soft magic system helps too it's not it's not a hard magic they're not like quantifying things yeah they don't really explain the rules of what's going on. It's just kind of the way it is. They let it be magical. So let me ask you this, Jackie. Who, who, in your opinion, does this just equally as well? I mean, come on. Hayao Miyazaki. There you go. I'm just throwing you <laughs> a softball here because I know this is – that's. I think that's what, in my opinion, I think that's kind of what drew you to this anime, honestly, because you are a huge fan of his and you love – True all the little details and things that he puts in the heart that he puts into it. But I think what really pulls you into the things is like how, how easily, I guess, relatable to the worlds that he builds. And you can almost, you could almost see yourself being in there. Right. That's how I've always kind of felt that felt about it. Do you, do you feel similar or do you feel a little different about that at all? The way he do. Yeah, I do. Are you, you're just talking about like comparing Miyazaki to yeah to this just the to this. just the way just the, the, the way story. they built the, the story yes and like the world for example they, like mm-hmm. when you watch uh, Ponyo they have these scenes that where like they're sitting and making ramen together and putting ham on it and stuff you know ordinary everyday life scenes sprinkled in with an otherwise fantastic story and they serve as emotional development but I think like I said before I think the core to any fantasy is to ground it in the non-fantastical. Mm-hmm. Because I think the the purpose of fantasy is to help you recognize what's going on in your own life better by contrast to the fantastical elements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a in a weird way, at a, at a, out of a totally left like left field uh, way that I saw this, you see this in a lot of other films as well. So like uh, one of my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino, he does this very well, right? Mm-hmm. He does this. He takes the mundane and he shoves it in to the fa- like the fantastical so like mm-hmm. the scene that always pops up in my head is in pulp fiction whenever they're taking the guy down the road and they're they're, they're basically taking him back to get uh back to their boss because uh, they owe him money and they accidentally blow his head off and there's, you know, there's just guts all <laughs> over the car and they're like oh god what are we gonna do what are we gonna do so they, they're like hey no they say they pull into a, this one guy's place and they're like hey we need help blah 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 you know and they're like okay we're gonna call mr wolf blah 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 so they call mr wolf and while they're waiting for mr wolf he, they literally just have him change, and they're like wearing shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops, and they have a cup of coffee. Yeah, and they just sit there and they talk for like two or three minutes about like the most mundane BS ever. They have an ordinary talk, and that's where you realize, like, oh, this is like their job. This is a daily yeah. office. This isn't like a hero on a journey. This is their everyday life. Yeah, and that's and I think that's where I like I like that kind of stuff because you're like a little part of you's like, oh, you know, a little part of me thinks, I mean, in a weird way that. That could be me just sitting there having a conversation with two yeah. friends, having a cup of coffee. Obviously, I would never have, I've never gone out and accidentally blown somebody's brains out and had to have it clean, clean it out of a car or whatnot. Oh, no, God. but it's not, 
that far off from your old job. I mean, you were doing it in a benevolent <laughs> wow, James. Well, you were doing it as you were doing it as a law enforcement guy, but it's still it's moments of violence and adrenaline yeah. separated by ordinary everyday life. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Well, now it's time to type this report, guys. <laughs> so, you know, subject came at, at me with a sharp, uh, sharp uh, utensil and yada yada yada. I had had thirty minutes of thirty seconds of incitement, eight hours of report. Right? Oh my god, I do not miss that at all. So, yeah, it's definitely yeah. I know you don't miss it at all, Jackie. Anyways, but, but yeah, that, that's that's like I said, it's 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 it, it just mirrors real life so well. I think really good storytellers tell, storytellers are good at that kind of thing. You right? need those little moments of emptiness. These it grounds things. It gives the audience time to time to adjust. It makes the characters more. So real. let me let me ask you this. So going off that a little bit, um, in in the in the world of like how how well these are grounded. How does this compare to a lot of other anime at the time? So I have a little bit of a list. So you have some roughly between 2010 and 2020. Some of the big ones that came out that really popped into my mind were obviously Made in Abyss, uh, Fate Zero, Sword Out Online, Psychopaths, Seven Deadly Sins. So how do these compare roughly, or how does this one compare to how, how well it's grounded compared to the other ones? Do you want to start with Jackie? I mean, I can say I watched the Seven Deadly Sins yeah. and really enjoyed the first like i don't know 20 episodes and then was like okay i'm done now because it's the same thing over and over and over again and there's no real grounding it's mm-hmm. more like bam 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 action 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 like it's it, I, there's a time and a place for that and there's countless movies and anime like that and that's what i felt like like i enjoyed it and like i liked the characters but when it turned into just over and over again we're doing the same thing mm-hmm. we're doing the same thing we're doing the same thing. It's your classic kind of shonen that just, exactly. it goes yeah. from emotional high to emotional high, and there really isn't. Anything. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's a few little cutscenes, but they're more comic relief than anything else. Well, well, how about this, James? What about Made in Abyss? Does that because this came out around roughly the same time? Made in Abyss hits some of the same notes. It it has it's not as grounded into like a clear setting in the real world, but it has a lot of the same little details like. The city they live in that gets almost no screen time, the orphanage they come from, like the way that people are structured, like the types of devices and gadgets they use and that you see laying around. I mean, it is a lot more grounded. And as they go down into the abyss, the author always drags you back to the mundane details of what they're doing. Like they're looking for food, they're looking for water, they're dealing with the reality and trauma of what they're going through. The focus is more on what the characters are experiencing and the environment, and it's not so much on the adventure, the quest. They're an upside down level, or you know, level of the of yeah, the tree level, yeah, tree level, and they're literally just trying to like find a place to sleep without falling down. Which is great, and that's something I like about uh, David Eddings is a fantasy author who yes, does the same thing. Very good. One of the things I thought was genius about his otherwise, I like it. It's one of my favorites. He's very good. Yes. So I, I let me let me ask you this. So kind of uh, going off of what James had said earlier, Jackie, um, involving like the the mystery behind the uh, the the world and what they don't really fully explain. So how do you feel? What do you feel within the story? How how do I want to say this? Do you uh, let's let's say this? Do you, so obviously there's an air of mystery about the story, right? What specifically in the story do you like that they they don't fully explain that makes it 
that amplifies the story. Can we say that? Um, Elias okay. is one, but also, um, like James mentioned, the spells and the magic, um, like it's not all hammered out exactly how it works. It just is um, the fairy world, like the fae world that she travels to several times. Um, the dragons, I enjoyed that. Like yeah, when they go just, to just, Dragonland. They're, they're just like, Dragonlands. In Norway. <laughs> and all I can think of is <laughs> that, whenever you say Dragonland, it's like, wee, it's Dragonland. And I'm on a roller coaster. Like, wee. Mm-hmm. Anyways, like, do you remember the old little dragon roller coaster at the uh, the county fair <laughs> that we have here? They used yes, to have it a lot I of times. Yeah, it was disturbing. Well, it's like they don't explain things to death with giant info dumps. You know, yeah. They they rely on what they've shown visually and mm-hmm. the context for you to pick up a lot of stuff. But it's kind of shown through Chisei's lens. Like it's she's going there, she's experiencing it, and you have kind of a very organic mm-hmm. way of you know the people around her talking and developing. And so yeah, they unlike some other shows where you might sit down and get a five minute exposition whenever you enter a new area of the map, so to speak. And I think that is part of the reason the story is so relatable. Again, referencing the glass reflections review I wrote because, or that I read, that I watched, sorry. He said, he titled, I think his review, like self-loathing, desolation, <laughs> despair, something like that. And he that's was talking about how that's how cheese. There's multiple times in the um in the anime where she almost dies and she like basically welcomes it like you can see her she she's given up and so he talked about the um reviewer he was saying if you've ever felt that way like that self-loathing that desperation that desolation of just that awful horrible feeling you can relate to that and how throughout like the the series chise is learning like more about herself and how to value herself and seeing like there is a point to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, having everything through her lens and I think she is a very relatable character because we've all had, had bad moments mm-hmm. and it's like, you can see yourself in that. Like, Oh, I felt that. About Jackie. I've never had a bad moment in my life. Well, I mean, everybody except for you, That's ob- right. obviously, I'm obviously everyone else. I'm Herculean <laughs> in my, in my stoicism. I don't have bad. No, moments. you're right. I, I also really sympathize a lot with Elias as a character too, like the way he's like struggling to understand the people around him, the way what? he's trying to fit. Come on, James. The way he's trying to fit and interact with people, like the difference between what he's trying to make happen and what actually happens. Like, I yeah, because the poor guy can't. He he just doesn't know. Like he just can't human. Okay. I, I I know the feeling, James. I truly do. It's like so. It, it kind of going. On. You know, talking about that a little bit, it's definitely uh, my new like new office job. I've never worked in an office in my life, and it's definitely like you said, it's <laughs> learning how to people and learning how to basically not just speak my mind one hundred percent of the time like I used to. It's, to- <laughs> it's totally different. I don't think I could do that really. I, I've had the luxury. I have a luxury in my profession of there's a clear goal. And the vast majority of people are working towards that goal. Yeah. And if something is wrong, calling people out on it is the culture. It's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. There are some personalities who don't take that very well. And there's politics like everywhere else. Yeah. But it's not 
I, I couldn't do a regular office job. I mean, <laughs> people will good. die if you guys don't yeah, do your job like correctly. So it's kind of, a, it's very important. Well, the prime example I like to use is so uh, whenever I was a cop, because mm-hmm. it, it, this is, you have to be direct with people when you do things like it's that. It's the same type of thing. Like there's a clear yeah. stake, there's a clear goal, so there's a right way to do it. We were, we were going to a house to serve a search warrant on a felon for, uh, he had some gun charges and like some statutory sodomy uh, stuff going on but anyway it's really bad dude we'll just say that and we, we've dealt with him we had dealt with him in the past and he'd always been violent with us and he usually had a firearm on him well we had a new guy with us it was this is a while ago so you can probably guess who it was jackie um and i'm hugging though as like we're, we're we're getting ready to breach the downstairs so they're like yeah like we're pretty sure he's downstairs in the basement um and as we're getting ready to go down the stair like go down there's like a stairwell down to the basement door and like I'm hugging the wall, and because there's no, there's like I'm I'm thinking you know like this is what you have to do because you know if somebody shoots it's gonna they're gonna come out yeah. through that door all that jazz and if you're up against the wall it's a lot harder for them to hit you mm-hmm. once they shoot at the wall. Well, the new guy, I'm not gonna say his name because I love him like a brother, but he was new at the time. He was up against the stairwell going on the opposite side, mm-hmm. and I grabbed him. I was like, get the fuck against the wall. Yeah. And like you just do that, and I told him later, I'm like, dude. Like, at first, he kind of was, like, like got a little mad. <laughs> yeah. But I was, like, later on, I pulled him aside. I'm like, dude, I'm not – I was not mad at you. I just don't want you to get hurt. Yeah. Like that. And I, I vividly remember that. Mm-hmm. I was, like, because that's – that's like you said, it's, it's our job to call people out whenever you're in, the, in these kinds of professions mm-hmm. to make sure your buddies are safe and that everyone gets to the goal that they need to do and that yeah. everybody gets home, right? Yeah, exactly. That was kind of one of those things. So – I just remember doing that. It's just I can't imagine moving into the office environment where people's egos are sometimes more important. Mother to them, of God, are more important to them than achieving the goals that they supposedly are setting out for. Holy crud, dude! I, I can't imagine. Luckily, luckily, my one of my one of the people that is in charge of me, she's super straightforward, and I love her to death because I can be like, "Hey, blah blah blah," and she's like, "No, yes." And I'm like, thank Great. God, you! I thank God you are here. Please don't ever retire. But I know you're probably going to retire in like ten years when I'm still here, and I'm just going to be like, no. So, but yeah, that's that is one of those things. It's 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 definitely uh, being direct and learning how to be around people. That is something that I think Elias really has to kind of he evolves through the season, right? Like all of us do eventually in life. And it makes him a very relatable character, like you said, James. And I that's why I really enjoy watching the show because I feel like a little kinship with him, right? Yeah. It's just a little bit there. So uh, and something you mentioned I, I want to springboard off of here is there's a contrast in the show, which is one of the major themes between the Fae characters and the non Fae characters. And this is kind of what's at the heart of Elias's character too, is that and this isn't the only show that's done this, by the way, lots of shows have done this, but the fake characters, they have a fixed nature and a fixed personality. Like when they're on screen, they're kind of caricatures, really. Yes. It's like even the really powerful ones like Oberon and Titania. We're they, talking about. Well, like they have a nature, they have a role. They are born knowing the rules and knowing what they're supposed to do. And so, like, we have the Graveyard Hound, we have the Ash and I, we have these fake queens and kings, and they're all kind of caricatures. They're just like. They are an intelligent being who's just kind of following the rules and going through the motions. And in fact, like, you'll even see them, like, trying to call Ainz out or whatever. Elias. Or whatever. Elias. Sorry, Elias out. We know or, who you're talking or about. When, or whenever Ruth first uh, transforms into the graveyard dog, they're calling him out saying, hey, do what you're supposed to do. Like, yep. they, 
like, why aren't you doing your function? Like, you'll be happier if you just do what you're supposed to yeah. be. Their function is their life and, and their purpose. It's what they are. Like, they're intelligent, but they don't necessarily have free will. And yeah. so they are, in a lot of ways, the foil to Chisei and Elias, because, like, the beginning of the series, that's kind of what Chisei wants for herself. She wants to have clear guidelines in her life. She wants to have someone to tell her exactly what to be and what to do so she doesn't have to think and she doesn't have to feel worthless. By the end of the series, she rejects the Fey offer whenever they are offering to let her come there and live there and eventually become a Fey creature herself. And it's kind of the same thing with Elias, too. He was born a creature in between, and so he feels like he should have these rules and these functions, but he just doesn't. But he also has this freedom of will and doesn't know what to do. Anyway, so you have this this dichotomy, this split between the Fey and yep. the non-Fey elements, and it in a lot of ways, what Elias and Chisei are superficially looking for is this type of certainty and self-assurance that the fake creatures have. Yeah. But as the show kind of progresses, it reveals you know how hollow this is and how ultimately meaningless it is. And it's you know through their own self-actualization, their own discovery of you know their worth. You know they're going through this desolation. That well, they're not good by the end of the series, but they're better than they started out. They are definitely better. So, <laughs> like I said, I think they're gonna. There's gonna be more. <laughs> <laughs> they probably will. So you, you briefly touched on like the the fae creatures and the, I guess the way they interact with the the people in the world. So they're essentially like the most magical creatures in the world, essentially. Yeah. So what what about the magic system in the story makes it stand out from other magic systems, Jackie, other than do you want James to go first? Um, you want me to give me give me a minute? I'll give you a minute. How about that? Please. Okay, James, what do you think makes it stand so, out? A, a couple bit. of things, and this isn't unique, but like I said earlier on, it's a soft magic system instead of a hard magic yeah. system, which hard magic has been very popular, especially in the West lately. And they explain gotten, every little it's thing. It's gotten a little obnoxious, where especially if you're reading a written, a written work, they feel the need to come up with rules, and some no. authors will even like, put math and numbers into it yes. and they'll go back and edit previous chapters because the math was wrong and not for another reason. I don't, and it's, when, I it's like done, little, when it's done right, it can be entertaining. But whenever you like reduce the magic to a science, it doesn't really feel like magic anymore. It takes, it takes the fun out of it. It's it not magical. As, it doesn't need to be magic. It may as well have been steam and machinery at that point. It's whatever. But <laughs> the soft magic system feels more magical. Now it makes it feel less grounded, which can be a weakness too. So for yeah. example... To pull from a really, really great work like Lord of the Rings, they have a very soft magic system in there where Gandalf just does things sometimes. You can shall not pass, James. Why does he do things sometimes and not other times? Well, ultimately, it's because Tolkien needed a literary device. But it's... <laughs> and so, like, on some level, these systems can be less satisfying because you don't know why characters can do things or not do other things, and it can feel kind of hand-wavy in the hands of a bad author. In the hands of a really good author, it preserves that feeling of mystery... It preserves the magic of the magic. I think that is one of the things that really stood out to me about the magic system, because that just hasn't cool. been done lately. Another thing is that the magicians themselves are not independently powerful. They don't have their own magic. Yeah. They're borrowing the magic of the fake creatures around them, and the fake creatures are cooperating with them to let them do things. It's more of a kind of a full metal alchemist type thing. They make they make an equivalent trade or a bargain, so to speak, with yeah. with the world and or with the creatures to get, to use the magic at the time. 
And it's always these, sometimes it's an equal trade and sometimes it's a little bit of a Faustian bargain, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because the magic is Fae-based. And so almost every example of magic in the series is, it's done by an augmentation or a twisting on the idea of what's natural. Yep. So for example, whenever they are having the scene with the King of Cats and they're dealing with the creature in the lake made of all the souls... Chisei asked the wind spirit to spread the souls out like, you know, seeds back into the river rebirth. And the wind spirit's like, oh, I can do that. I spread seeds all the time. <laughs> and it's like uh, whenever she flies around the world with the aid of the fire spirits, she's flying around like a spark of fire. Like she's, there's a poetic connection between what she's doing and the fake creature she's acting with that's not necessarily grounded in what they're physically doing. And so it's... I said it's like a softer, more kind of looser thing. It's uh, what do you what do you think, Jackie? How, is is that kind of a good assassination of it? Yeah, of it? I agree with James. I think you put it more eloquently than I could because it's been a little while since I watched it and I didn't focus on reviewing <laughs> that part as much. So I'm like, you're seeing saying things. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, but do do you like do you do you like the the way that the system is integrated into yes. the story as opposed to like it being like a hard system? As no, opposed I to definitely a soft system? prefer the soft magic. I feel like the whole part of the allure of this series for me is just how beautiful everything is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a sucker for 2D animation, but like the colors, the the attention to detail, like this, it creates a world that you want to be drawn into, even like the ugly parts are still like attractive and you want to see more so, and know more. So jumping off that a little bit about some of the ugly parts, um, I, I, it, it's, it's kind of a personal opinion though, too. So let me, let me ask you this, Jackie, uh, let you think about it. So obviously uh, Elias and Chisei's uh, relationship is definitely a strange one initially, because you don't think uh, whenever you first, when you, whenever you get into an anime, you think, oh, we're going to start this off as somebody sold themselves to an auction to be bought mm-hmm. by somebody. That's just straight up slavery, honestly, at a, at a point. And, and so it starts off like that, and it, and it, and it feels dirty and a little ugly at, at first, right? So how do you feel that that relationship evolves from being something so kind of ugly and dirty to being something that's, uh, I wouldn't say it's pure and, and good. I would call it a more, a more, uh, yeah, yeah. A little more evenly, like a more, a more beneficial, mutually beneficial. That's a good term for it. Yeah. How do you feel Uh, like it goes like that? Or do you think it is a different, or do you see it differently than that? I see it as very interesting. Um, I actually, reference i don't remember if i mentioned this before but i watch sometimes a girl named Lindsay ellis a critic sorry and a writer she's awesome you should check her out but she had a whole episode on youtube called my monster boyfriend (laughs) and it was when the shape of water came out which i really did enjoy that movie but a lot of people yeah thanks you don't need to do the motion david we know what you're referencing (laughs) james got it (laughs) um but they like the whole idea she was saying people were some people were very excited when that came out because it was like, oh, you know, the monster stays a monster and then the, it gets with the girl. Oh, my gosh. But then enough people were also bewildered, like, a, a, you know, a mainstream film filmmaker is 
doing this. And she's saying how, well, this is really a tale as old as time. Like this is something seen in Beauty and the Beast. And, but I think, yeah. yeah, the interesting thing is in a lot of stories we have like this, like with the, you know, monster or animalistic, like the beast, it's a transformative arc. Like they, you know, are transformed by beauty, they're redeemed, they're saved. And so you can kind of feel like it's going that way. But I had done some reading that the the author, um, Corey, she mentioned, she said she wrote this partially because she was disappointed in Beauty and the Beast stories where the beast turns into a prince at the yeah. end. Like she didn't want that to happen. So that's part of the reason she wrote this is the beast stays a beast. And it's like, can you appreciate him for what he is can he grow as a can, creature can, can you appreciate change? me for what i am jackie i'm just a beast <laughs> i don't even want to dignify that with the response uh <laughs> the correct response is tale as old as time um so back to your question like the, their relationship. I gotta throw. A, I gotta throw a gloss right over there. Yeah. That's <laughs> this is a daily occurrence, by the way. This is what she does. She just ignores I my mean, saying. If I indulge every like brain fart you have, nothing would ever. You done. you say brain fart. I say nugget of gold. You say like enlightenment. That's yeah. right. Um, I am your. I am the Buddha here in the house. <laughs> wow. She's a, the fat Buddha belly. Anyways. Um, yeah, let's move on. That's just so sad. I am I'm the plentiful Buddha, that's what I am. You seem like those living Buddha mummies. They just it's just It's very creepy. I know. Anyway, now that I've insulted an entire culture, let's move on. Oh. <laughs> wow, James. Yeah, just pretend that didn't happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So their know. their relationship is is definitely a unique one, an interesting one, like you said, James. It's I wouldn't call it healthy. I I would say some good things about it though because you know in another Lindsay ellis video that i used to watch these in the middle of the night when i was breastfeeding that's too much information but you're trying to it's not fall part, asleep it's part of life it's and okay. um i would watch her videos and they kept me awake and she had another one that was like dear stephanie meyer basically apologizing like twilight it's not good but it's really not that bad in comparison with so many other things that have come since it and why did she get all the hatred but she talks in that movie that YouTube video about how people tore Twilight apart with such hatred, but she's like, in this, the ancient Megas Bride, which is insanely popular, Elias is well over 100 years old. He puts Chise in a very, very vulnerable spot, and he kind of wants to eat her and, like, you know, bathes her against her wishes and all these things happen, but that gets a free pass. I think it gets a free pass because of the level of writing well, and yes, dedication that, that goes that into this is anime. True. That like I would say this anime it's has like, way. It's like comparing Mark Twain with a dime dime bin like comedy book, or like a romance novel or something. Yes. Yeah, like a like a flannel wearing romance novel guy on the cover, as mm -hmm. opposed to like I don't know something like yeah Twilight. We'll just say that. Yeah. Those are even better than Twilight, in my opinion. But anyways, James. Good writing excuses a lot. Yes, mm -hmm. it really does. But it's true. To me. The way they develop is interesting. I think Elias's character, he is very afraid of vulnerability. He wants to see people operate according to the same rules he uses for the rest of his life. He's mm -hmm. looking to say, well, how do I act 
in a way which will get the responses I want from humans. Like, distantly, he's hoping to become more human himself and to feel things and to learn how to recognize his own feelings. But really, at the beginning, he's just looking for rules in the world, and what he's most afraid of is exposing himself and being vulnerable. He doesn't want people to see him as the monster to be horrified and reject him. And so at the beginning, and through most of the anime, he assumes this very dominant, very controlling role in the life. Like, he is the one who is making the decisions of what they do where they go and how they're going to do it. He sets the boundaries for Chisei. He assumes this controlling role. Very much so. Chisei, on the other hand, she is looking for direction and substance in her life because she doesn't have that type of control. She's Her parents have all died. She's struggling with this depression, these ideas of self-worth. And so at the beginning, she is very, very happy just to have any structure at all. And so they work out because she's a person who's looking for structure He's a person who likes to impose structure because that's his way of dealing with his own feelings. And so at the beginning, they kind of click together, and it kind of starts you to fall it apart. reverses, though? It falls apart as it goes, change. and it kind of reverses a little bit because as Chisei starts to make friends, she gains a little bit of personal power. She starts to learn how to value her own opinions and feelings. She starts to realize that, oh, I have self-worth, and there are ways I shouldn't let people treat me. Then by the middle part of the series, now Chisei is the one trying to reach out to Elias and trying to connect with him on a deeper level. And the middle part of the show is all him pulling back and freaking out because yeah. he was not. He can't ready handle for that. that. Well, and I think too, like talking about relationships in the show, like is it's a debate? Are is it like really bride and groom, or is it child and parent? And I feel like as the it show goes on, yeah. it's. Much, yeah. Because it's, and I like that it's not overtly sexual. No. At all. Um, but it does, as the show goes on, like I remember um, Elias, even like he can shape shift and he changes his form to look kind of like Chisei with yeah. white hair. And he's like, and actually the trailer that I watched, it, he's in that form and like they're in a school setting like for yeah. the season two so i think they're really gonna, interesting yeah develop more into that and that's kind yeah. of like what the author it's just interesting the relationship between the two you're right it reverses because it starts with with elias assuming that parental role where he's deciding everything and by the end of the series now chisei has assumed the parental role but more from an emotional standpoint where She's the one who's in control of her feelings in the situation. And he's the one who's trying to figure out what's going on and what he's doing. I would 100% agree with that. That's that's a very good analysis of, analysis of the way they kind of grow as people. And, and I think a lot of people, and a lot of, that's another very that's, normal, very human thing. A lot of couples say, yeah. meet up that way. Yeah. Not to the same dramatic extent. No, anime, But there's so, a reason the different personalities slot together. Well, let me, let me, without... If you would permit me, Jackie, I would say that we we kind of had a little bit of this, right? Kelly and I were definitely that way. To some extent, and so I think it. I think it's very normal for women that get in a relationship. The guys they're attracted to us because we're usually loud, boisterous, and we're like, we've got opinions of our own, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, that's and it's and it's and we're usually kind of funny when we do it, and kind of goofy, and we're not afraid to kind of speak our minds, right? And I feel like whenever we first started our relationship. You, you would just, you know, you would speak your mind every once in a while, but not nearly to the extent like now where you're just like, shut up, David, be, stop being dumb. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I, I, I think I like this 
like where we're at in our relationship a lot more than when we first started, right? I don't, I don't to me that I like that because I I like I like the pushback a little bit. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's and and that's why I said that's a very normal thing because it's saying to me well to me it says hey you value your opinions and you want to tell me how you feel and sometimes even though I may not like that I have to basically say hmm how do I feel about this do I am I going to be mad about this am I going to agree with her about this is this going to make me sad you know what's it going to do about you have to think about it a little bit more right and this is something we see in the anime too to kind of pull it back to that where this is a normal part I think of most male female relationships is or any relationship any relationship but generally socially speaking in our culture at least the men are the ones doing the choosing yeah. And women, at least from what I've talked to, feel a certain pressure to perform, mm-hmm. to be pretty, to be pleasing, to do what you have to do to keep a guy interested in you. Mm-hmm. And you see some of that in what's going on with she's saying Alliance, get on, too. Get on podcasts. Well, it's like the beginning, like, she, she doesn't want to be abandoned. She doesn't want to be, you know, dumped, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. And so she's trying to do the things that she perceives that he wants her to do. Mm-hmm. And part of their relationship maturing is her starting to make demands on him. And that's kind of what you guys are talking about. It's that's, healthy. That's... It's healthy. It's normal. It's how things are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's part of a relationship growing up and maturing. And it's really what's happened is you have a better foundation and commitment to each other. And so yep. you can be more free to express how you really feel. Same thing like for guys. Like at the beginning, most men feel the need to be boisterous. You feel the need to show off. You're yep. constantly on confidence like i remember i used to like meticulously plan out the things we were going to do when kelly would come to visit because it was important that i show her that i was in control of the situation and that i could give her a good time <laughs> and do things and you know what i mean though i mean there's yeah. both sides of relations that are kind of putting on a performance like the mm-hmm. the impetus is slightly different but it's really the same thing <laughs> yeah so jackie i know this is kind of a this is a weird time to say this but i think i'm gonna end up believing you <laughs> it's for james i didn't want to say anything <laughs> That's great. That's great. What's it? What's it called? Yaoi. It's all I can think of now. Yowie, yes. <laughs> Your life is going to turn into a yaoi. So if you want to be a little creeped out, this is kind of tangentially related. Look up a video <laughs> by Lymphamy about Shudo. Oh God. Which was the way of youth, and uh, it was something they did in ancient Japan. We'll leave it at that for now. Oh wow, yeah, have fun with that, kids. Um, don't, uh, yeah, make sure your parents know what you're looking up before you hop on the internet. There, so that's all I gotta say. So, I'll, I'll show it to you later. It's, it's weird. I, it's, I know it's I, not. It's not. This particular video is not inappropriate, but it's definitely not something that kids should be exposed to. It skirts the realm of yeah. decency a little bit. So. That's I know. I know what he's talking like about. Sounds like great time. It exposes some aspects of life. Hey, do you want to watch? You want to watch a fifteen-minute YouTube video tonight to relax after the kids have gone to bed, Jackie? <laughs> um, <laughs> not that one. Not that one. All right, very well. So obviously, we've done. We've gone over a lot of different things here uh, and themes and whatnot. How do you guys feel overall uh, about the anime? Like, so let's say this. Um, do you how many uh, how many fairies out of ten would you give it, Jackie? Um, eh, nine or could've, ten. I could have come up with a better one. I could have said big breasted Titanias because that was just excessive. <laughs> yeah. That's all I gotta say. I was just well, like, why I mean, is it like that? It was really excessive, but 
she's kind of a fertility figure, and there's some historical evidence. Okay, I'll take, I'll take. I didn't know that, so that makes more sense. We'll stay with fairies, though. It's so it's a little bit better. You gotta have the boobs. I mean, listen to you. It is what it is. It's like a check mark. It's a yeah. (laughs) It's a checklist you have. That's and it was her, so then we didn't have to worry about two. Every anime has one boob character whose job is to have boobs. Just boobs. If if you're lucky, they serve another narrative purpose. But in a lot of animes, they're just the character with the big tits. Uh, Well, that is it. That is a thing. Then (laughs) it needs to be there. So yeah, every single show has at least one. Very well then. Even Made in Abyss has one. And it does. So, going back to fairies. how many, scary, but there is one. How many fairies out of ten do you give this show, Jackie? Me? Yes. I, I mean, it's hard. 9.5. A 9.5? Yeah, like nine fairies and then a ah. wing. Like an extra wing floating there. Well, the much like you said in a wink. And I was just like, oh. A wing. Oh my, Jackie. You're like, like a the fairies ink. wing. James, how um, about you? What do you what do you feel? I'm kind of in the same zone. It's like a nine or nine or a ten. Like it, it catches you in with, like I said, the really pretty music and artists. What first got me hooked. The deep emotional storytelling makes it great. And rewatching it again a couple of years later, I was just blown away by the amount of detail in the world. That wasn't something I noticed in my first go through, but watching it again, it's like, oh wow, there's a lot here. Now that I'm not distracted by the main theme and the main story. There is so much that's just going on in the background, and so I, like I said, it's it's a nine or a ten for me. That's awesome. It's really good. See, I I'm a slightly lower than you guys. Um, I'm at about an eight and a half. Okay. But then I'm also a little bit more critiquey about these kinds of things. Like if something doesn't hook me right away, and it definitely has a couple little I mean, like just a few tiny little missteps that just you know irked me a little bit. But yeah. other than that, overall, it was just a gorgeously well done anime. Um. Like I said, the fact that it was very Miyazaki-esque, but it was also very much its own thing, really kind of made me uh, enjoy it quite a bit. Also, it was really nice to enjoy something that you really enjoyed, Jackie, which is very rare whenever we find anime. Usually they're just like, oh, why are we watching this? Like, it's kind of like the time we tried, I tried to get you to watch that one episode, of, uh, an episode of Attack on Titan. You're just like, I don't like this. <laughs> I remember you were just like, well, no. like, Jackie wouldn't, like, kill the kill or something like that. I that would be fun. I think it's so. It's is, just mm, wow. Is I, Kill the Kill the one with? It's the, the fashion school. The clothing. Yeah. Is I watched that. It's with really. You. It's a really amazing. I liked anime, it. But it's yeah. it's very very disturbing. Well, that's that's the main reason. Nudist so. Beach. Yeah, I remember that. That's Nudist right. Beach, Nudist yeah. Beach. So fun fact, you know the same the guys that they made that one also made Gurren Lagann. Yes. Okay. They have it's the, evident. They're the pacing, the way the story flows. It's like just the, bam, 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 emotional bam, bam. part of it. It's the same. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It's almost the same story. That's yeah. That's why I loved it so. But but so obviously we said earlier that they're planning on coming out with a second uh, season. Um, are you guys planning on watching it? Oh, definitely. Yes. I would have been surprised if either of you said no at that point. I'm, um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I hope it's not a tremendous disappointment. But. Well, I think the simple fact that it's taken them roughly, what, four years to work on it, um, I think that says to me that they're they're working to put forward the dedication and the time and the effort to make a highly polished anime. Yeah. Um, so, I like I said, I'm, high, high, I'm highly optimistic on it. Um, I'd be interested to see what they're going to do with it. I don't think they announced... Like you said, they, they, they said they haven't put out an actual date for it, but like I said, I have a feeling that it's it's probably going to come out sometime, like you yeah. said, James, earlier. Either they, this summer, they're going to surprise, but oh, it's not out, or it's going to be later on in the, in the they fall. They put out a trailer, so I figure it's going to be this year sometime. I was hoping yeah. for spring or summer, 
I just saw the Crunchyroll summer lineup, but it's not on there, so I'm guessing it's going to be a fall or winter anime. That's sure. fine. I'm the okay with that. The trailer, I like. It was all in Japanese, and there was Japanese writing everywhere, not a single bit of English. So I have no idea what it said, but it yeah. was a trailer for season two. Like I got that yeah. much. There was That's like season two, and I was like, oh, I wish I knew Japanese. <laughs> hey, you know what? Just one more language to learn, Jackie. Right? I mean, this would be number four, so I don't yeah, show let's off. Go for it. Well, I say it gets easier after the first It couple. does. It really easy. does. Wow. I'm still working on number one, James. I barely know English. So. <laughs> you thought I was going to say Spanish, didn't you? I, I know a few words in Spanish. I that's feel like I, I knew it better back in college. That's all that matters. I haven't yeah. used it. But. It's okay. I'm getting burnt every day. That's all that matters. I know just enough to say, like, one sentence in Spanish when I'm in Mexico and get people really excited that I know Spanish, and then I quickly reveal that I know nothing about it. That's all you're going to say is, James, is... Quieres dos cervezas. You just said you want two beers. That, that, you mean I'm saying he, No, I'm saying he wants two beers. Oh, I would say he's in there for conjugations she, correctly. She's right. And that was inappropriately intimate to say to a You're not random, James. We're <laughs> definitely true. not random. We're much more intimate. You know that. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I just want to say thanks to you guys uh, for showing up and really just putting a lot more heart into this episode than I definitely have any right to try and put in there about myself. So I want to give a shout out definitely to Jackie. Thank you for coming out and, and, and you're welcome in vibing your wisdom into this episode. Um, James. In vibing. Yeah. Did you say yeah. imbibing or in vibing? You know, pick one. I was vibing. In vibing and I she's was... drinking it out of the episode. Fine then. I've imbibed. I I imbibed <laughs> your your your. I don't know, James. You just you screwed me over. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to sound fancy there. Pass. I'm sorry. I was trying to sound fancy. Thanks, Jackie, for putting your wisdom into the episode. There. Happy. I mean, it doesn't really offend me. I know how you talk. Well, apparently, I just like that James it apparently, called you out. It apparently offended you guys enough that you called me out on it. <laughs> So well, it's fun when James does it. When you I guys do, aren't invited back away. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to live with you. I can't not invite you anymore. <laughs> I'm so. not sure what your plan is. That's this, this is down screw at that point. So, <laughs> all right, guys, I appreciate you coming out. So, guys, like I said, um, if you have any questions, uh, you'll hear all the anim- all the all the the social media connect uh, connects at the end of the episode. Like I said, don't hesitate to get a hold of us and have uh, correct us on things we might have messed up. Um, I, uh, I'm wondering what we're going to have next time. We'll be having another new segment after this episode, mm-hmm. uh, next month. Um, we might, depending on how things shuffle out, I know we're going to, a couple of us are going to be on vacation, uh, later in July. So we might try and get it out a little earlier. If not, I apologize. We might have to triple up in August to try to make up for that. We'll see. It'll work out. Um, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out guys. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, just let us know and we will get to it. Guys, thanks for being here. You're welcome. All right, guys. See you later. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.